Welcome to You Should Be Listening, a music podcast. I'm your host, Raven the Awesome, and I'm a music consumer just like you. Except I love to talk, so I made a podcast where I could talk about music. I apologize in advance that I talk really fast, I just get really excited when it comes to music. Speaking of which, you can expect this podcast to be about new music that I discover, old music that I rediscover, bringing you music you've probably never heard of, and music across all musical genres. I just said music a lot, but that's what this podcast is going to be about, a lot of music. Thank you so much for tuning in. Out of all the millions of podcasts you could be listening to, you decided to click on mine and check mine out. It really warms my heart. I love the support, and thank you so much for listening and supporting. This is You Should Be Listening, or YSBL for short. Let's get into the music. Hey there, all my cool cats and kittens. Welcome back to You Should Be Listening, a music podcast. I'm your host, Raven the Awesome, and this week we have some pretty heavy hitters. Relax, kick back, and let's get into the music. Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia. Now, I just need to get this off my chest because it bothers me. There's like this whole class system within music and the music listening community. I don't even know what to call it because it's ridiculous. But this whole idea of, you know, people that are a better than thou, you know, I listen to these no-name indie or all artists. That's cute and that's great and, you know, so do I. And I hope to build this platform where I can bring attention to those smaller known artists. But let's just cut the act. We all listen to pop music. The people who say that I don't listen to the radio because I hate everything on the radio are lying. They listen to the radio because they'll know every word of every song that's popular at the time. Why? Because it's pop music, which is short for popular music. It's everywhere. And I think Dua Lipa and her album, Future Nostalgia, is a perfect example of this. Music that anyone can listen to at any time of the day, anywhere in the world, and people are gonna sing along, people are gonna be happy. It's music that, like I said, is easily digestible. People can listen to it of all races, all nationalities, all age groups. That's why pop music is so popular. Because if it comes on the radio, parents aren't changing the channel. Most of us aren't gonna, you know, switch to another station. You hear it at H&M, you hear it in Walmart. It's songs that are gonna be on the wedding reception playlist. I'm so glad she was still able to release it, even though it was unfortunately leaked. But I'm glad that she was able to release it and it is having really good commercial success because I think the whole album really is a bop. There's not really much to skip on this album. None of the tracks are skips. I think even from the slower songs, to the upbeat songs, Dua Lipa has just really capitalized on that poppy genre. She really just gets the blood flowing. It's a very good flow. I think this album flows very well. And there's a reason why people love Dua Lipa and her music gets played everywhere and it's on commercials and it's playing in the stores. My favorite song on the album is Levitating. I- cool spring, summer flow. It's gonna be on every, you know, Visco girls. TikTok, Instagram, you know, it's just gonna be them with their long hair flowing in the background as they're driving down the Sunset Boulevard. That's the kind of song it is, and sometimes we just need that music. I hate this idea that if you listen to pop music or you, you know, stan, quote unquote, 
people like Dua Lipa that you're just, you're basic, right? People, we'd say, you're basic. You listen to pop music, you're basic. You have no taste, you have no culture, yada, yada, yada. And I think it discredits um, a lot, especially the artists who put so much work into their craft. There's nothing wrong with pop music. Everybody wants to say that they're above thee and holier than thou because they listen to, you know, subsets and very niche type stuff. And that's fine too, but we don't have to discredit or disregard the artistry that is known in the most popular genre in the industry is pop music. It's number one. Everybody can name 10 of their favorite pop artists. If you were to ask anybody their top five artists, I guarantee two if not three of them are going to be pop artists. Across all genres is going to be pop artists and that's why I love Dua Lipa on this album because I do think she really has mastered her craft of pop music. It's not something that you can't play around a four-year-old or 84-year-old. It's just music that's good on the ears that anybody can get up and start dancing to. And I think that's why Dua Lipa does so well. It's because her music is easy to listen to. And pop music as a genre within the industry was founded on that idea that it's music that you're gonna put out Everyone wants to listen to, everyone's gonna buy because everybody wants to be within the know. Back to my rant earlier, it's okay to listen to pop music. There was this whole movement a couple years ago when you had your Alessia Caras, uh, you know, people like that coming out and everybody was just like, oh, well, pop music just is kind of turned into this, you know, cute young women who can kind of sing and with a lot of mixing, they come up with these tracks. And I think that is farthest from the truth, like I said, these artists, these singers, these musicians, they put so much into their craft. And I think saying things like that and going around believing such nonsense, it just discredits the artists. They put so much work into this and we're just gonna pretty much reduce them to pretty faces and C, B class singers with good producers who move to LA and then boom, they have an album. That's so silly. No one ever wants to be reduced to just a pretty face. And that's what I love about this album. I think every track really just has that Dua Lipa spin, that Dua Lipa style on it. And like I said, it's something that I can play while I'm in the car going to and fro, while I'm just scrolling on Instagram doing whatever. It's just good music to listen to and I think it's just good wholesome music. The title tracks obviously always get lots of plays because like I said, it's easily digestible. It's easy to listen to. It's, it's just music that people can get up and dance to and that's all people want to listen to. That's literally all people want to listen to. So if you want a pre-summer bop album, I highly suggest you guys listen to Dua Lipa Future Nostalgia. Next up this week, Joyner Lucas, ADHD. I loved this album title to the interludes, to the skits, because it's really hard to talk about something like that in such a way that Joyner Lucas does it. What I mean by that, he uses it a metaphor of getting like off track because you just have so many things going on. And that's what I loved about this album. Every track talks about his struggles, you know, him making it, his come up. You know, he has a song with Chris Brown called Finally, where he's just like, look, I made it, you know, and I've been through hell and back to get here. And he talks about all those struggles and he says how it took him a long time to really find himself. His title actually on iTunes and Spotify is rap. It's not hip hop, it's rap. It's it's rhyme and poetry. The dude is spitting bars and he's, he's telling a story. He, he is poetically 
taking us into his mind, into his world, and he's doing it in a way that, I mean, you just don't get from a lot of rappers nowadays. This album, for me, it tells a story that's also speaking to a future Joyner Lucas. Look where you came from, here we are now, but never stop seeing where you're going. The second song is called I Lied, intro, and the whole song is just about him talking about the money that he borrowed from people and how he had to borrow money and sleep on people's couches and tell them he'd pay them back. And he lied, and that when he came up, he really saw people for who they were. And, you know, and, and there's obviously a deeper meaning in it to, to that. But I think songs like that, where he does just get deep down into the nitty gritty, trying to be a successful artist, trying to be a rapper in a game that's so saturated and trying to stay true to rap at its core, not giving in or sort of going sideways or selling yourself out to be like what most people would call like a mumble rapper or a SoundCloud rapper, or an Instagram rapper, or someone who just is making sick beats and kind of just rambling about whatever you know and that's a genre within itself and you know i'm never gonna knock someone's hustle but i think in this album jonah lucas wants to say look i had to go to the depths of hell to get where i wanted to get my way and to do my thing and to present my craft and at the end of the day i don't think jonah lucas gives a crap about what anybody thinks I think he's just going to release his music and do his thing and he's going to live his truth and that's why I love him as an artist and this album because it just, this album ADHD solidifies that, it exemplifies that. If it doesn't have a catchy beat or an 808 hook, Eminem said the same thing, he literally said that in a song. If it wasn't for the 808 and the clap bass beat hook, people are not listening to what you're saying. It's the beat that has people hooked. It's the bass that have people hooked. It, that's what's keeping people listening. So I think the fact that Jonah Lucas can take pretty sick beats and still rap and not rap about telling his story in a way that's very storytelling, rhyme, poetry. It's, it's a lot that goes into being a rapper, one that Jonah Lucas wants the world to respect him and see him as. Some of my favorite songs are Isis featuring Logic, Tin Bands, which is featuring Timbaland, and all the skits. They may throw you off if you're not like paying attention. They are sort of the glue that's weaving the whole album together because you have to listen to the skit and listen to what he's saying in the songs around the skits to understand the basis of this album. And that's why, like I said, this album is, is very genius. He also has a song called Lotto, which I think is really funny because he talks about, you know, coming up and making a lot of, a lot of money and making it as a rapper and how, you know, he's talking about how I hit the lotto, but he was just asking people for money and now, you know, not paying them back or feeling like he owes everyone something. And it's just a whole, it's just a story. You know, it's that heartfelt story, but he, he tells it in a way that, that puts you in his shoes, that you see it from his perspective. So if you're looking for some hard-hitting bars, I mean, like I said, the guy's an amazing rapper. He comes up with stuff that you just, you're just like, did he really just do that and rhyme this with that? Like it's, he's one of those rappers. I highly suggest you guys check out Jonah Lucas and his album, ADHD. Moving right along, let's get on to into number three, Braxton Cook. Fire sign. Now, as I've stated before in other podcasts, or if this is your first time, welcome. I love jazz. Jazz at my core, is, as a musician, is my favorite genre because it's just so complicated, and we love complicated things as musicians. Jazz at its core is complicated, but it's complicated in such a beautiful way. There's just so many layers, and you can always be finding 
new things. Every time you listen to a jazz track, you'll hear different things. It's much like poetry, which I also love because there's so many layers in just words and in rhythm and in rhyme and jazz is the same thing. It's just in music and it's just written differently on a piece of paper. And what I love about Braxton Cook and his album Fire Sign is that he takes jazz at its core. He puts a little modern spin on it and then he creates this this whole new thing. If I had to categorize him, I'd put him at progressive jazz, which is pretty much sums up his style. Like I said, he is a saxophonist, alto saxophonist to be uh, precise. He's a composer and a vocalist. But what I love about this artist is that he takes jazz as we know it, right? Play, you know, when you think of jazz, you think of the alto sax, right? You think of the drums, you think of the walking bass, all that kind of stuff. No one ever thinks of trombone though, but it's there. It's there. 76 trombones, never forget. Um, but he takes jazz and he just puts such a sultry spin on it. And he's a vocalist, so he's singing and his voice is just so smooth and then he adds the saxophone in the back. And what's really cool with this album is that he just adds other elements too. You can hear things of like a synthesized blues, there's some funk, a little bit of rap, some soul R&B, and there's even hints of gospel, um, which a lot of people would actually argue is pretty much, you know, you put blues and gospel at, at its roots, was born jazz, but you know, theologists, you can go watch people on YouTube debate about that. But Braxton Cook takes all those elements and he just makes it his own. I love this album, it's something that, if I had to recommend jazz to someone, I'd recommend this. I'd say, you know, many people look at jazz and they think it's just, it's like chess. Or, you know, it's, it's something that's so complicated that you you can't understand, right? It, you just hear noise. But I'd recommend this album because it kind of takes, it takes that edge off from, from jazz as we know it. Just really fast and upbeat and you hear a bunch of instruments playing and you don't know what the sounds are doing or where the rhythm is. You can't even catch the beat. That was Loki Me sometimes in jazz band. But Braxton Cook takes that edge off and he presents it in a way that's like, here is a fresh loaf of bread right out of the oven, all packaged nicely with some saxophone, a little bit of rap, some poetry, some hints of blues and funk. And it's just digestible. That's what I think this album is. It's something that I could give to someone and be like, you want to get into jazz, listen to this. You know, get your mind right, get in the right frame, and then we can move to your Art Blakey's and, you know, your Duke Ellis's. Then we can go up from there. But this, I think, is a great, great example of, of, of progress. Yes, you know, that change we still are looking for in the world. I think in the terms of music and jazz, Braxton Cook does do just that my favorite track on the album is all of them um i think he just does such great things but if i had to pick one it would be the maybe title track all that i want on this album i think it's just such a, it's just a, it's a, just a good piece of work you know it's something that you say to someone when they say you know recommend me music this is what i'd recommend i'd recommend you listen to this uh, because it really does put you in a mood it kind of puts you in that mind frame that mindset of this is jazz but you know jazz doesn't have to be this off-putting you know 
outer galaxy phenomenon that people just look at or listen to and say, that's complicated, that's crazy, I can't do that. But you can. There's different forms of jazz. And I think Braxton Cook just does such a wonderful job in this album in taking all that jazz is. Because there's different, there's sub, you know, genres of jazz. There's Afro-Cuban, you have blues, you have funk, all that good stuff. And he incorporates all those different things, but he's, then he sings over it. Sometimes he's doing solo work. Sometimes there's just, you know, 12 count bars and, you know, key changes, which is all great too, but he does it in a way that's presentable, that's digestible. I love, that's my favorite word, digestible. It's easy to listen to. It's easy on the ears. You know, everybody wants to be the cool cat that goes to the jazz club on a Friday or Saturday night and, you know, talks about music and being a music connoisseur. This is the type of music you should be investing in, should be listening to if you want to, you know, quote unquote, up your music game. I, I would suggest that you listen to Braxton Cook and his album Fire Sign because it's jazz, but it's jazz. It's new jazz. It's new jazz. We, we love... We love a good new, we love a progressive, you know, we love a futurist, and, and I think Bresson Cook does just such a wonderful job at that. He takes all the tunes and the ins and outs of rhythms and key changes, and he does things with them that you don't hear so much in, you know, your black and white jazz days, old stuff, you know. It's new, it's new. He's presenting it in a way that's that's more modern, but still staying true to those roots of jazz. You just hear the the rhythms, you know, stuff that I would hear because I'm, you know, classically trained. I, you know, have an ear for this stuff. I've been taught how to hear this, yes. But for someone who hasn't, you could still listen to this and appreciate the artistry and understand what's going on without having to, you know, even know how to read music or understand what instrument is being played or how many counts this key change and how long we've been on this solo for. You don't even have to, to think about all that. You can just put on the music, play the records, listen to the tracks, and still enjoy it. So if you're looking for some jazz, if you're looking to get into jazz, if you're just looking for something new to listen to, I suggest you listen to Braxton Cook, Fireside. At number four this week, we have In The Moment and their album, Muller. In The Moment, as you may or may not know, was once considered the counterpart to Evanescence, actually, way back in the day, we're talking like 2008, 2009. Uh, I was in high school, just coming out of middle school, um, and you know, Evanescence was was, was big uh, back then. The Los Angeles-based act definitely has their place in the rock scene. Obviously, I said, you know, kind of counterpart to Evanescence. They have a female lead singer, and they've been around since 2008. They had their debut album, The Dream. They do some screamo, and they have some very altruistic, atmospheric-type sound is how I could really describe it to you in words. But they were big on MySpaces, which I what I remember them from um, this was kind of like the changing of the tides from MySpace to Facebook. I would hear about Evanescence and then I'd number two would always be in the moment because they were the two big female lead rock stars at the time. What I love is that longevity always is just amazing to me. The music scene changes so much, so frequently, so fast. And I think rock is one of those few genres that rock is rock. When you hear rock, you know it's rock right 
it, whether it's progressive, whether it's screamo, whether it's metalcore, what rock is rock. But what I love about in this moment is that their longevity through the years, their sound has remained relatively the same. You know when you're listening to an in the moment track that is in the moment. And with their album Mother, I think they've done something really cool. It sounds really like soundtracky, but in a good way. It feels like they are recording the music for a motion picture, which I love. But in the album Mother, which I'll define this album as metal, there's the concept of motherhood and this like the motherly image whether that's mother earth a physical mother a spiritual mother like a mentor just a female persona of someone that you look up to someone that you seek guidance from that's what the whole album um is about what i also looked about this album there there were some covers not really even covers but they took classic tracks like, for example, actually my favorite track. Um, there's two, but we'll start with the first one where they took the song Fly Like an Eagle was made by Steve Miller's band. And they take it and put it into a metal chant. It's really cool. What they did was pretty much just took the song. I think they wrote their own song, but then it kind of turned into a Fly Like an Eagle. And they used that line in Fly Like an Eagle. And it really, when you mix, when you take their vocals with the melody and kind of put it with, you know, the, the original track of Steve Miller's band, it does something really cool. Like I said, it just has that sound tracky, even maybe, you know, some of those horror video games where you're doing like the crazy gameplay type. That's, that's, that's what it sounds like. They also did a pretty cool rendition of We Will Rock You. It's featuring Lizzie Hale and Taylor Momsen, which I thought was also really, really, really cool. Obviously, you know, it's one of the best songs ever. It's just uh, an anthem of, of empowerment and just doing what we need to do. But the way that they took it and put like the female voice, the female vocals, and all that is embodied within like a metal band with a female singer. And what they did is, it was just a really, really cool, cool thing. Obviously everybody loves Queen and, and, and everything. So I just thought it was super, 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 super cool what they did with that and obviously by adding the features of lizzie hill and taylor momsen that just also you just had three strong female leads just doing the thing which i thought was pretty cool and it was also a pretty cool way um to honor you know all the all the singers out there and obviously the original but i think if you are a metal fan i know it's not everyone's cup of tea definitely check out this album because it does to me signify sort of a cementation of in the moment and the motherly figure or sort of the higher being, something that just, at the end of the day, a group that people looked up to, people listened to in the moment and looked up to her much like the likes of Evanescence because they just had that sound, they just have that persona. They've done a lot of tours, they've released a lot of music, they've done a lot of stuff way back from the beginning of the internet age. You know, like I said earlier with MySpace and Facebook and stuff like that. They just did a lot and they just gained a lot of fans that really looked up to them and said, you know, like, wow, like, we know rock, we know metal as it, it is being a very male-dominated, male-centered genre. And then here you have In The Moment, which is led by a female, which was at the time just besides Evanescence wasn't that even heard of you know you kind of had your you had your paramours and you know you had your Ava Levine's and kind of your punk rock type stuff you had your fly leaves but again that's like what five or six in a whole slew of men and metalcore which you know was known at the time as just this big exuberant show of just 
chaos but here you have these these women really coming out and just saying you know we're here and we're doing our thing and you can take it or leave it and I'm glad that a lot of people took it and really did appreciate it so if you're into metal if you're not into metal if you're in the moment fan not in the moment fan I would suggest this album mother like I said it sounds like a, a soundtrack that they were making it to to maybe a documentary or something of the works like that but I think this album does solidify as I always say their spot in the metal history especially when it comes to female-led metal singing just very far few in between that you really do get one band out there with the female lead that just really takes it captive and in the moment i think is a band that not a lot of people talk about unfortunately they there's great band make great music and this album i'm glad they're still releasing music it's a 14 track album like i said my favorite is um fly like an eagle because what they did with that song was actually amazing and my second follow-up would be we will rock you um, another rendition made by the famous band so if you're looking to get into rock or metal you need something to listen to or you're just on a whim and you're just going to take my recommendation for it i would suggest you listen to in the moment and their album mother let's get into the new music first up is miss alicia keys she is coming out with her self-titled album alicia on may 15th so we got a little bit more of a wait to come on that but as i've stated before when you've been in the game long enough and you come out with that self-titled album like this is the one this this is the one that just solidifies you as as just it just it it cements you in the game right we all know alicia key she's been around for a long time she's just one of the greatest musician artist pianists that we have all of those good things is alicia keys but she's coming out with her new album on may 15th she has a single out called underdog i think is really uplifting and very motivational it's something that's you know going perfect with what's the times in which the world is in right now but you should go ahead and add that album pre-added to your itunes library because when it comes out everyone's going to be listening to it moving right along we have asking alexandria moving on to rock they've got an album coming out not too far from now hopefully couldn't get a definitive release date but their album will be called like a house on fire They've been teasing some really cool stuff with some singles out now, so you guys should definitely go listen to them. Go ahead and add it to your iTunes library, your Spotify library, because when it comes out, everyone's going to be listening to it, especially all of you hardcore rock fans. Last but not least, we have Ease Tumor. He is he has been on my radar uh, since about 2018, 2019, but he's got a new album coming out in just a few days, actually, April 3rd called heaven to a tortured mind he's got some pretty cool singles coming out such as kerosene exclamation mark go ahead and add this to your album because he's definitely going to be talked about in the recent feud in the near future he's going to be talked about in the near future and you don't want to miss it and i want you to be in the loop with all the good music but that has been new music alert It is now time to play Slap or Skip. This is a simple yet fun segment. I simply press shuffle on Spotify US Top 50 playlist and the first five songs to play, I simply state Slap or Skip. Slaps obviously are certified bangers and skips are not the worst song, but not my favorite. I'll be more inclined to skip it. So let's play. And now it's my favorite time of the podcast. Let's just get right into Slapper Skip. So here we go. First up, we have Ways by Skeptic Chip and Young Ads. 
is going to be a slap for me. Break My Heart by Dua Lipa, how fitting, of course, is a slap. What the Dead Men Say by Trivium. Haven't really listened to them. I know they've been releasing new music lately. Um, so I'll have to check out their new stuff. So I'm not quite sure. But I mean, it is Trivium. So hopefully it's still a slap. Next up is Nothing Compares, the bonus track from The Weeknd and his newest album. It's going to be a skip for me. Love the album, but just not this track. And last up is going to be Retrograde by Pearl Jam. They didn't make this week's episode, but everyone should go listen to that album right now because it's amazing. And this is going to be a slap for me. Thank you, all my cool cats and kittens, for playing along this week. And I'll catch you next time on Slapper Skip. That's going to be it for this week's episode of You Should Be Listening or YSBO for short. Thank you so much again for tuning in and supporting the podcast. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe. Follow me everywhere on all socials. That's Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at podcast YSBL. Again, that's on all socials podcast YSBL. I release an episode every Tuesday somewhere between 11, 12 a.m. p.m. in there on Eastern Standard Time, but nevertheless, by the time you are going home from work, my podcast will be out, so you can listen to it for your 45-minute traffic drive home. Again, thank you for listening and for supporting the podcast. I'm your host, Raven the Awesome. I will see you next Tuesday for the next episode of You Should Be Listening.